0: What's up, guys? Another Tuesday, another podcast. Here we are after the second week of the Premier League with Will Webb for your favorite football show, the Football Academy podcast.
1: How's it going, y'all? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Another great weekend of uh, EPL action. Uh, Lots of controversy, uh, lots of goals. A hat-trick hero whose name is hilarious to say out loud. Uh, Still can't tell too much what's going on right now, but at least we... We know some names, we know some people, and uh, some some folks really stood out this weekend, and I'm really excited to see how this goes forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was quite the entertaining weekend. Controversial, also, at times. Yeah. And a touch of class. You saw a couple of very, very wonder goals that we'll come into later on in the game, or later on in the podcast, rather. But with the first game of the weekend, we saw Arsenal Burnley. Quite the interesting philo- difference in philosophies and quite the interesting... Uh, I guess, game overall between the two clubs. Unai Emery playing his flamboyant style that he wanted to. And let's talk about their two new signings. Nicolas Pepe and Celebos. I guess that's how you say his name. Yeah. He looked like the answer to all of Real Madrid's midfield problems for next season.
1: Uh, <laughs> that is a pretty much what I thought. I was like, oh man, he looks like he's going to answer a lot of questions at a club that isn't here for another couple hours. Because he played out of his mind uh, on Saturday, a, I was high. I enjoy Arsenal when they are highly entertaining and it was a highly entertaining game. Gets a little sloggy in the middle there, but it like Sabalos looks to, like you said, he looks to be the truth. He's going to answer Arsenal's problems. I think their performance showed they're actually going to be a threat to at least finish in the top four this time. Um, and then, you know, he'll fuck off to Juve or something in, <laughs> in the summer window or something like
0: that. I mean, uh, Honestly, I think he's he is as a lot of Arsenal fans were trying not to say that he is what everyone expected Paul Pogba to be, and I think the correct answer to that is yeah because we all expected Paul Pogba to be a Real Madrid player and he is actually a Real Madrid player so it he reminded me a lot of um, Santi Cazorla yeah because he is two footed like very comfortable can beat the press whenever he needs to, and honestly a signing that Arsenal can really really use given their problems with the midfield that they have had the last couple of years. You can definitely build around that. Yeah, and losing Ramsey, you know, like, that, the, he could be the guy and can then help build an understanding, I guess, with Guendouzi and Torreira and all mm-hmm. those guys. So, yeah, I mean, promising signs for Arsenal. I think the truth is their opponent coming up in the next game that we'll discuss. But again, Nicolas <laughs> Pepe, can't leave him out of the whole situation. Because just like your phone went off, that's how pretty much Nicolas Pepe went off in the second half. Uh,
1: yeah, that's, uh, I want to thank the New York Times for that brief distraction. Uh, I'm sure that news is not even important to anything in my daily life. Uh, I think the, the kind of linchpin signing for this season for Arsenal is Pepe. I think like, this, is, this guy's going, he produced in that second half uh, and he's going to produce for the rest. Like He makes the front two a little bit better by being there. Like they, I
0: mean, I mean, he's a he's a proper winger, so of course he makes it better.
1: I mean, of course he's going to make it, but like he... The dude can feed it balls, and that's what, yeah. you need that, that's what you need at the end of the day for Arsenal, to get the goals, to play the kind of attacking style that you want. You need someone who's going to be able to feed those balls in and out, and be able to beat people who are going to press, and I think he does that a little bit better than half the other wingers they have on the team.
0: Yeah, so I mean, good signs for Arsenal. Burnley, like, they won 3-0 at Turf Moor, I think, and then yep. this loss, so... You can't you can't really say a lot. I do wonder where Sean Dyche's kind of philosophy is gonna go from here because you're starting to see teams like Norwich as, and other Championship teams that have come up. We're gonna discuss that. The playing style is very very different.
1: So we the, uh, you mentioned in the last part he has kind of a traditional style, yeah. and you saw that they I don't want to say they got waxed, but like you saw that it it's not gonna be able to hold up to this sort of ultra attacking, uh, a little bit more pressing style of play. And I think with the teams you have in the league this year, there's a lot of yo-yoing that you're going to see Burnley do or one week they're going to come out and look like they're world beaters and the next week they're going to come out and be beaten by the world. Like, it's going to keep happening back and forth with them. Uh, but, like you said, we shall see. It's, <laughs> they look promising. Uh, I mean, I, I, I
0: don't quite know promising. I, the way I would say it is... In a Burnley
1: sense. Is the way. Yeah, in, in <laughs>
0: not, not even it's just in a Burnley sense. I just think you, you know what to expect from Sean Dyche. You know what to expect from, uh, like, the players and, like, the philosophy that he has out there. So, n- nothing really surprising overall, in my opinion. I guess, moving on to the next game at that point, Southampton-Liverpool. For fuck's sake. Um, that was wild. I That should have been a draw.
1: It very well should have been a draw. I'm just going to go ahead and just put my chips and my entire thoughts of this game on the table right now. What the fuck, Adria? Uh I, I, okay, so as, a,
0: as kind of not a neutral, but a neutral watch in that game, I I think the way I would define that mistake is I think there were two different players on his two, on the, oh, what's his name? The guy who scored the goal for Southampton, uh, your boy Danny Ings. Yes. So there were two players on either side of Danny Ings that I think Adrian kind of just got caught thinking which one to pass to. And because he got caught in those two senses, he just, like, passed it down it, the middle.
1: It's a, it's a mistake that, like, it's Tuesday. I'm still a little hot about it, so I'll probably eat my words a little bit. Oh, not these words, but what I said earlier. I think with a team like Liverpool who wants to play from the back and, like, kind of have a keeper that can ping it out and then get everything going from there, I think Adrian overthought it a little bit and was like, oh, God, what do I do now? Like, let me open up my, you know, the QB wrist hand thing and go, and now I pass it over here and overthought it. And then that's what ends up with Danny Ings getting the goal uh I can't believe Danny Ing scored a goal for, against us instead of for us bastard um but I'm from southampton anyway he he came from went back the whole thing uh anyway, I think that was the that was the essence of that mistake is that he knows he has to like that's the way we play, and he's trying to fit into the system. He got a little nervous, got a little gun shy foot shy whatever, and made the bad pass i team looked a little out of sorts. you start to question how much how much control Allison has of his of his guys in front of him when the only person who really I will say this the performance from Van Dyke was honestly a little scary he the commentators mentioned at one point looked like he was playing at a half trot the whole game and not because he's nursing an injury or anything he just looked like he could care less about this game and knew we were going to win anyway and that's A great sign but also when you have a keeper behind you who's not as experienced and doesn't hasn't meshed in that well it makes me afraid like Verge, don't be that calm because you know sometimes he may be he may be mistake prone and that's okay if we can still go out and bang in goals like we do
0: yeah I mean I I think at the end of the day you saw again like the front three like train that you guys have of like just scoring goals one after the other you had Mane you had um Ferminio scores Salah not quite this game but probably saving his goals for Arsenal but it's I, I do think so far and I'll probably have to eat my words as well but I do think that as far as Liverpool are concerned I still don't see the ruthlessness I saw last year and maybe it's the last first couple of weeks and they're gearing up for the Arsenal game and whatnot
1: and there was still there was also a cup in midweek so like that is also a I don't want to say everyone's busted blown down and super tired from that but uh i will say that i mean they were super tired though let's be honest
0: even though y'all played friday it was a game of very high magnitude in terms of just the intensity and the pressing and everything so yeah it meant a lot for a lot of the players who were there you saw in the celebration so and you played 120 minutes and it's not easy playing Wednesday, Saturday. So. It's similar to when Europa League, Thursday, Thursday, Sunday. So at the end of it, I think there are a lot of positives to be taken. And I think if people can say Adrian made the mistake and that's why they scored and whatnot, that is true. But you also can't take away the fact that without his saves, I think this could have been a very different
1: game. That's the that's the sticking point for me is that, again, I'm going to eat my words from earlier being like, oh, screw this guy. Uh once you kind of look back on it and have a second step away from it, you can see why the mistakes were made, but also you can take a look back and know that he made a bunch of really, really decent saves from a Southampton team that was looking to go in and get after it. Like, he... They, they kind of went after our jugular for a little bit there, and he stood up, was big where he needed to be, and did a kind of a yeoman's job. He's not going to be the keeper for the whole season. So we don't need to sweat. I think a lot of people are sweating because we're like, we can't drop points. Oh my God. What happens if he lets in a howler and we lose the game that that's going to happen. You just kind of have to trust again, the back line in front of him, verge and Joe Gomez, who looks like he's ready to stick a foot in when he needs to, which is always okay. Uh, And trust the fact that we're good for 955 goals. So
0: (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, nothing really else to say. We'll get into the preview for next week, later for Liverpool and Arsenal. But, again, the next two games, I mean, Brighton-West Ham, pretty interesting 1-1 draw. I think VAR played a role. I think I talked to a couple of West Ham fans who, again, talked about how VAR literally has been the reason that they got that point because any other year they lose that game and end up, you know, losing the three points or the one point that they got this time. So, Javier Hernandez...
1: Scored a goal, so i always happy for Chicharito. And it's, a, it's, a, it's another one of those goals that's a typical Chicharito goal. Yes. He's like, I, I put my left foot in, I took my left foot out, there was a goal scored. I shook it all about. Like, <laughs> so, that's the dumbest thing I'll say all day, but that's that is, that is that's his M.O. forever. And I think, as if I was a West Ham fan, I want him on the pitch at all the times because if any ball gets spilled anywhere, that's what that dude is there for. And he can do it with his eyes closed, arms tied behind his back. On Mars, like, yeah. I
0: mean, I, I will say it's kind of a lackluster start from West Ham, a team that everyone said Manuel Pellegrini, the best manager out of the top four. And if then, I hear
1: this one more time, I'm put my head through a wall, I swear to, to God.
0: And then you, like, and honestly, they do have decent players in Lanzini, Antonio, and mm-hmm. the company out there. So, like, Isadio, like, they, it, it seems like a good team. And I think once it starts getting to gel together, they will be playing better and another team that could be playing better to be honest is everton cuz again very decent performance i'd say but still like i'm expecting a lot more from that team everyone said that they could be one of the challengers for the top 6 before the season began 1-0 when at against watford at home good start for their for them at home but
1: it's a good 3 points for them it's a good 3 points to get them off the side and make them feel like they're like, maybe they can do something. Uh, but it does... It felt a bit lackluster as far as being, like... Yes, it is three points, and points are what matter. But it felt... I don't want to say hollow, but kind of like a... It didn't... It doesn't move the needle in any direction. It's like, and Everton won. On to the next thing. Yeah. Like, that's... They they won. Once we see more consistent performances, once they get a chance to play... Uh, I want to see how they fare against the rest of the middle of that table that we keep talking about, which I would sort of include Watford in, but they're on the bottom half of it. I need to see they're more They're their last mate right now. I mean, yeah, it's two games in the season. I think, I think Javi Garcia <laughs> might get fired, the first
0: manager to get fired. Uh, All jokes about Solskjaer and Lampard aside, I think if if things do start going bad for them, I think it's going to be time that...
1: I'm, I'm just, Garcia,
0: I'm sorry. I'm I'm gonna
1: piggyback off what you said and I just want to say this very, very loudly into the mic. We're gonna talk about it later, but Roy Hodgson, Roy Hodgson will be the first manager to be fired. I'm just going ahead and put this out there, Roy Hodgson.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean you can't you can't really say a lot about if someone says Roy Hodgson, but again, like Crystal Palace, nobody expecting them to go crazy. Like they're somehow managing to keep him for now. So again, like I it's a whole different discussion about who gets fired first, but Watford not looking good so far, but the team that is looking good right now is Norway City. Pookie scored Jesus. a goal at Anfield, <laughs> yeah. scored that wonderful goal to their Norwich's first goal in the Premier League for a while. Yeah. And basically scored a hat trick off that and it was like, oh wow.
1: And that guy has first off, the finish on that first goal is a sight to behold. If you haven't seen it, please go watch it because it's it's the goal of the weekend. Uh, it's the goal of the season so far Because there's only been two weeks um, But I think Ruben Neves might have something to say about that I'd, We we will argue that as well um, I will say The thing about Norwich is that As long as Pukki keeps find, keeps being in the position That he's in He's he another person who is always where he needs to be Right at the right time uh, I think it was the last goal Where uh, he takes it off of, He takes it off of the foot of the person who's about to give it to him Just like, no, I got it Goes by the keeper Bangs in the back of the net, like the all of a sudden Norwich looks like a team who might be halfway decent. Uh, I mean, we
0: we said that there, last there
1: week was though. there was scuttle like there are other people who give us scuttlebutt about like Norwich. Just, I saw them play the championship and they were gonna you know fall apart. I don't think that's necessarily true. I will also say this earlier: Puki will be one of those people who goes and fucks off to Juve in like an hour and a half or something
0: like that. I mean, I I don't know if he fucks off to Juve, but uh, <laughs> I mean that's quite the jump from Norwich, but. <laughs> I, I well, do fuck think... He, off to somewhere. <laughs> he He's a kind of player that could be very handy for a team like, say, Manchester United that kind of needs a goal scorer out there. So, you know, you never know what happens. But, again, some people that I've talked to, they've said that it's kind of surprising no one came in for Pookie because he showed some class last year in the championship. Mm-hmm. And I guess the question was, can he come out to uh, the Premier League and do it? And he is doing it so far. So... No, nothing really to be you know go crazy about in terms of Norwich because we, every, all three of us last week with Charya out here we were all talking about how, they're not they you cannot name, them as one of the three worst teams that we saw because you can't
1: name three teams worse than them yeah, yeah.
0: so so basically you can actually name three I worst mean teams this yet. week we
1: can but no, yeah. I mean even
0: last week like there were teams that looked absolutely dreadful and Norwich are not one of them yeah but it was weak. I mean it, they were playing at Anfield you have to cut them some slack. That's right. They lost by like one more goal than United lost by last year so it's it, I again we are not the benchmark of being a Premier League team like I think that's a lot lower but you uh, maybe not but you know you will see that Norwich does very well home games the canaries they always make it tough luis suarez is gone so it's going to be okay and I think they will hopefully come out on the better side cuz I do enjoy watching their football and on that note, the game before the game that happened on that day <laughs> was Aston Villa-Bournemouth, a cracking goal by Aston
1: Villa, but Bournemouth finally figured a way out to win. So Villa, look, for all the money that Villa splashed, and I say all, not having the actual number off the top of my head, but they went out. But above and, $100 million, right? Yeah, it was a decent amount of cash. For all that money they splashed, they look out of sorts as all knows what right now. Uh, I'm not saying that Bournemouth are like going out here to, like stomp people in the ground or like they made this huge impression on me, but just from these last two matches, like they had a very fine performance in the first week. This week they had an okay-ish performance, but for how much you've spent on all of these like decent players, you can't just get, you know, like you said, it was a cracking game and it was very entertaining to watch. But like for a hundred mil, you should be beating.
0: I mean, to be honest, they remind me a lot of what happened with um, Fulham last year. That was exactly what I was thinking. I think they came in, spent a lot of money, and all of a sudden it's just like, oh, not working out. You don't know what the final result of the situation is going to be, but I... I would like to believe that Villa could stay up because I, I do love Villa Park. I think their fans do deserve Premier League football, but I agree. it's cutthroat competition and I just don't guess... Because at, at the end of the day, I think Eddie Howe and Bournemouth are one of those teams that might not compete for a Europa League or like a like a top, top finish like that. But they're going to be mid-table. Mid yeah, table. Mid, mid, like lower, mid to like higher second half of the t- table. Yeah. So I guess that... that kind of is pretty much what I had to say about Bournemouth I watched that game to see more I mean your boy Harry Wilson apparently like he only scores bangers even though that was a deflected goal but
1: it, that is a it's the Harry Wilson trademark that I was going to speak to that just it's nice to see Harry get a goal I wish it was thus, us but that was one of the biggest reasons I woke up to watch the matches I was just like I the boy Harry I gotta see what he, see what he can do and then again i like you said, I feel like Villa deserved better than this. Um, I wonder what I wonder if them spending all of this money is the money did they go to buy players who could fit a system, or did they just go buy players? Because if they went and just like bought players, this isn't FIFA, you can't make that work. Did they buy people for a system that they have set up? And it it stands to be seen right now which way I mean fall.
0: it's it's kind of crazy with Aston Villa because the first week you saw them play really well for 60-65 minutes yeah. against Spurs at Tottenham on yeah. top of that. And then they just kind of fell apart in this game. So we'll see what happens. But again, like Aston Villa is becoming Fulham 2.0 from last year. And we shall wait We shall wait and see on yeah. how that goes. But going from one Harry Wilson to the other Harry that plays for Tottenham out there and Harry Kane. <sighs> what a game that was. Yeah. Uh, that end-to-end stuff. I think, I actually don't know how City didn't win that game. I, like, for, we'll discuss the VAR in a second, but uh, City had 30 shots.
1: De Bruyne looks like literal Christian Jesus.
0: I mean, de- <laughs> <laughs> like. I, I, th- I think, de- actually, the funny part is when we did the way too early predictions, mm. Shorter last week said that like he thinks Kevin De Bruyne is going to come back and win the PFA Player of the Year this year that he rightfully deserved against Salah two years ago. And that's a whole different conversation. But many of us think that he did. And yeah, like the two pass... Like the first goal, man. It was so funny because that's a FIFA move that you see. Yeah. yeah. The moment it was going to him and I was at the pub and me and my friends were just like, oh, that's a goal. And just puts it on a platter for Raheem Sterling.
1: That's the the thing. Like, first off, Raheem Sterling raheem sterling finding the spaces that he does like that's someone who i may be like that's someone who could be player of the year whole damn team could be player of the year at this point um but when you have someone like De to ping stuff in like that it stands to be seen you said the same thing i always say when you're watching it at home you see the way it gets you see the setup happening you go that's going to be a goal i'm going to go you know I'm, I'm gonna go fuck off to juventus and do something else because this is just going to be a goal you see it coming every single time, and like that's the mark of a team who knows each other very, very well. The fact that Tottenham had a little bit of fight back in them is also a promising sign for them, but they also kind of got hella, hella lucky they didn't walk out of here with no points. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I think overall, this was apparently the first time since like 89-98, one of those seasons that City did not get, to City drop points at home in the first game. Mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy i guess when you play in the championship and league 1 like that's what happens but the <laughs> um, main road <laughs> <laughs> but i mean the, it, i was very 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 and as many Verys as you want to put in front of that disappointed with harry kane in that game i think he absolutely kills the mobility that the team can have i think yes they missed human song cuz i think that would be a different game with him mm-hmm. The goal that Lucas Moura scored like thirty second, thirty seven seconds into be after coming on with the pitch, I don't know how that's not a Harry Kane goal. That you're a striker, you're a target man.
1: You have to go win those headers, and how is Lucas Moura winning that header? And look at the look at the way the team changes when Lucas Moura comes on though, like that that's enough. Like, but but my again, sticking point for Harry Kane is like. Why all of a sudden are they playing with a little bit more fire when the sub comes on and you, Mr. like Captain Fantastic, English Tom Brady, are on the pitch? He's not be... English Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady wins. I was like, Tom Brady's a prettier man. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the... I mean, full marks tomorrow though. Because, like... No,
0: that... absolutely. I have nothing against Mora. Like, I this. think
1: that's someone on that... for that club who... You're going to want to see more of, like, I need for you to, like, don't be super sub. I need for you to be starting. Because if this is what the team looks like when they're, when they're starting, they're, like, star player Harry Kane. Nah, bro, you need to be starting. And, like, maybe Harry needs to dial it back a little bit. Maybe he was, I don't even, know, he looked out, not out of sorts, like he was injured, but he just kind of, like. I mean, the stats for
0: him in that game, like, he lost four aerial duels. I'm like, if, okay. Tired. <laughs> Like, how, how did he have... He's
1: stuck in the mud. Like
0: this, the people yeah. that you look at in how many touches he had of the football, he is right there with, like, Ederson and Hugo Lloris that I'm just like, what? Like, at the end of the day, I don't care if you're playing Man City. If you're... Yes, if you're a kind of like a Rashford or like a Firmino kind of a player, yeah. you don't you don't really hold the ball up, so, like, you don't really need that many touches. Yeah, not at no. Harry Kane's supposed to hold the ball up. He's supposed to be one of the better ones doing that. So him holding the ball up and not being able to do it effectively, I think kind of taken off of it. Yeah, <laughs> and then the, it because everybody points, oh yeah, Lucas Mora is this like of course he's a very good player, and he did this against Ajax, but at the same time at Ajax he's playing with Lorente, where the only job Lorente had was make sure Lucas Mora gets that second ball. Yeah. If if that's what Harry Kane is being made to do, I think there is a bigger problem at Spurs, but. Not going to take anything away from them. Very good point. I think in two weeks when they go to Emirates, we will actually find out how good this team is because there you're going to see a whole different attacking. Actually, even at City, you saw, like, Kun moves around. He's a poacher, but he's also moving around, doing everything. Harry Kane is just too immobile for me. He
1: he doesn't, like... The best way to describe it, like you said, there is no... He's not finding... Like on a, the header, he should be finding that space. He should be moving to find spaces. He should be in spaces where they're, where he feels like he can hold up and either give the ball off or make a goal. And he's just kind of never... He he's not disappears. in those positions. Yeah, he's like, never there. Every,
0: every big game I think of, he disappears at times. Yeah. Like, he might have scored a couple of goals against Arsenal, but, like, who doesn't with that defense? Yeah. So, it's it's. I really don't understand where Harry Kane fits in overall because I also think England moving forward... You could very well see... or I, I would love to see a Rashford-Sterling up top. And with Jaden Sancho on the right, then you have someone like a Mason Mount or someone creative as the number 10. Because yeah. the immobility of Harry Kane kills teams. It kills attacks. And yes, it's very good when you're playing against a Burnley kind of a team, which is going to just sit back. But, you know, there are bigger battles to be fought. And, and
1: it, you, it, what you said mentioning, like the traditional English mindset of like, this is how we play... like a very burdening style of football, that, like, that's something that Harry Kane would fit into wonderfully. However, when you're playing with this kind of free-flowing side that you kind of think Tottenham wants to be a little bit more of, when you're that stiff, when you're stiff knee Bobby, it's not going to
0: work for anybody. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be very interesting, but I guess we have to end this game with what happened at the very end of this game, (laughs) because VAR, for the second time in a row, when Tottenham's visiting... Man City. Actually, I don't know. if This is a second time in a row because I might have played the league game as as well at Emirates yeah. uh, or Etihad, rather one of those Middle Eastern airline stadiums. <laughs> but Man City think they got the winner. You saw Aguero and Pep fight, and then they make up for it. They didn't kiss, which
1: was super disappointing. But whatever. Yeah,
0: because you almost <laughs> you almost felt it coming, <laughs> and then you're just like, okay. uh, Why? Like, I understand the idea of, yes, it touched his hand, and it should
1: not be counted, but I think there is a... How else are you supposed to jump for the ball? I I said this when we talked about it earlier this week, and I stand by it. There's, like, VAR is obviously a problem, but that rule of, like, if if the ball hits a hand, hey, nothing from either side. When you look into, like, how... Into that review And you look into that crowd of so, people So is it a penalty? I mean, Otherwise
0: Like say it's not Laporte Say touch like Harry Kane's hand for example And they went on to score a goal So do they call it back and be like Hey it's a penalty?
1: That's, that's, that's that, my thing Is like I mean one I think there needs to be a certain caveat for like If in the replay There is a mass of humanity I can't tell you if it's a handball or not Like you can show me a crowd shot of a soccer ball with Woodstock 99, and if there's a soccer ball on his hand, I don't know whose hand that is. It could be either team. I can't really rule on that because I can't see. That's what that replay looked like. It's seven. It's like seven people's body all strewn in the picture, and you can only kind of just barely make out Laporte's arm. And that calls back, like, there's, there's... There's no way for that... Like, you can go back in VR all you want to, but at a certain point... In sport in general, especially in football, shit happens, and that's a shit happens moment. And like, yes, you want to go right and make it right by the letter of the law, but like, it's a massive of humanity. He didn't like, he didn't mean to, and even if he didn't mean to, it shouldn't be counted against them. Y'all stop, y'all stop, Jesus's dance to like come back and bring this goal back. I'm, I think the handball rules a little weird, but I will also agree with the homeboy, VARs kind of.
0: Shit. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think it's shit I think they're, We're all getting used to VAR So I think it's going to take some time On how everyone reacts to VAR So I I, I don't really want to keep going into this Because it's also one of those things Where it's oh, Over the course of the season I think Much like everybody talked about The refereeing decisions I think VAR also It will cancel
1: out each other I have to say we'll, We can talk about this for Until the cows come on
0: <laughs> Yeah So uh, That was it for Saturday But right. then Sunday Sheffield United, my boy Dino, keeping a clean sheet. <laughs> and I loved his swag out there with the cap in the second half. I was just like, you know what? He's my
1: boy. He looked like 1980 match of the day with that cap out there. And I was like, I think I may have like fallen in love with him a little bit. Um, I, so I heard an interview earlier today uh, about Crystal Palace. And uh, Gary Cahill is there now. And essentially, he's, like, talking. He's like, oh, well, what if Zaha's still here? And he, like, he's absolutely great in training, blah, blah, blah. And, like, there's no, you know, anything with the team or whatever. And I really appreciate him trying to be rah-rah. But much like Villa, I feel like Crystal Palace is in some deep, deep trouble. Because their big star man, the guy who kind of made the team go last season, was like, I don't want to fucking be here. And that kind of brought down the morale of the rest of the team. I firmly stand behind Roy Hodgson not being a solid manager in any way, shape, or form. I, like, all due respect to everything he's done in the past, but, like, right You're now... He was a Liverpool I'm, manager at one point, right? I, why do you think I'm saying this? <laughs> like, I've been here. I've experienced it. I've, I've listened to the oh, Elmer Foote interviews. Um, I think I, I feel real bad for Crystal Palace because I don't know if this is going to be the season they can pull off the miracle unless Roy is gone and Zaha just kind of has to put everyone on his back.
0: Like, I mean, I, I, th- I think for Zaha, the next, next game he's going to turn up, to be honest with you. Next game, going back to Old Trafford. Going back to the place that kind of gave him a bad name after his, how it didn't work out at a big club.
1: Is he showing up for Crystal Palace or is he showing up for himself? Either way, they get the result. But, like, does he yeah. does he seem... Is he just like, almost prove a point to everybody. Or is he like, let me put the team on my back. Because I guarantee you it's number one. There's no uh, way it's number two.
0: I mean, <laughs> so We'll see. I mean, if he turns up for himself and puts in a very good shift... I'll be mad but if you <laughs> yeah. know but it it's going to be okay for Crystal Palace. So we'll see how that whole situation works out but I will say it was kind of emotional to see not kind of very emotional to see the Blades fans didn't celebrate until the very end they were still nervous and like right when the last chance was gone that's when you kind of saw the crowd coming in and it, it's good because they have not been in the Premier League in a very long time and to get the first 3 points at home whether they stay up, whether they go down, whatever happens—that's a
1: moment that those fans can live with yeah. for a nice long time. They're gonna, they're gonna be people in that stadium who have never seen their team play in a Premier League match. I mean, young kids, yeah, yeah, and they're gonna be like, "Oh my god, we won our first one." That's how you, that's how you build a fan base. That's how you build like relationships and stuff like that. So it was definitely, uh, definitely, definitely sick to see.
0: Yeah, I mean, and what was great is I think the fans really believe in the team. Yeah. So hopefully the players can actually go out and do something because it'd be nice to see Sheffield United stay up. Yeah. And I guess moving on to the next game at that point, quite a interesting game between Chelsea and Leicester. Because Chelsea, it, it, honestly, it reminded me of what happened at Old Trafford. They had chances first half. Very good Go by Mason Mount, good for him. Mm-hmm. But it also kind of seems like he's the only one who knows how to play the Lampard system. So he kind of, he, he stands out. But it's... I I just second half that team looked atrocious. It, 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 if James Madison takes a better shot, it's two one Leicester with like about ten fifteen minutes to go, yep. and it's a whole different situation. So, Chelsea I don't know they have a lot of injuries, but I'm I'm starting to think it's gonna take a little bit longer than everyone expected it to.
1: The the youth movement looks good at Chelsea until it doesn't. Like that's really what it is. Like you see, the kids hit the pitch and you're like this is amazing. Mason Mount. Has stood out every like any time he stepped on the pitch, save for like the, his sub, like he he looks like a legit like he looks like he's gonna be he looks great. like a baller yeah I'll he looks look like that. he's about to go out there and like you know he belongs <laughs> drop <laughs> drop the dick as I always say um, but then in the second half they just like I don't want to I don't want to take anything away from Lester. but like I feel like Chelsea should have that first goal should have opened the floodgates and they should have ran away with it. Yeah, I mean they had chances again. Yeah. Champ- you've got to take those chances. And, and like and it's gonna take them time. Again, i like there are people in there who I I keep saying the kids, but there are people in there who are like heavily experienced and know what they're doing. They just don't have their finishing boots on right now. I think Lamford's system is pretty easy to understand for everyone who's there right now. I just don't think they're implementing it right or they're they're miss there's there's something missing, and I don't think it's a player or, like, I, I think, a manager I think, or anything. I think it's just, like, a step that they're missing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think not having... Being able to sign players is obviously going to play a huge role for them. But I also think once hudson O'Doy and all those guys come back, I think Reece James is going to play a huge role for them. So, it'll it'll come down to how they all turn up. But I do think the future looks bright, kind mm-hmm. of, that I I don't think Chelsea... Like, I also find... Actually, absolutely frustrating because us, as your Liverpool fan, I'm mean, a United fan, there are a bunch like Arsenal fans that are our friends. We have all seen youth players come through, yeah. And this gen, this generation of like post Roman Abramovich, like fans, they have never seen this happen before, so they're kind of just like hyping everybody up. And I just wonder like if something doesn't work out because the injury to Hudson O'Doy was not it was a serious one mm. and i think young players they come back quicker but it also takes some time to get adjusted yeah and when whenever i see a 17 18 19 year old kid get hurt or even a 20 21 year old kid get hurt i start worrying about them especially in the premier league because you i saw it with jack woolshare you know i've seen it that was so many times going to use so, the,
1: of the of the you get hurt very young and
0: and then you just are made of glass after that.
1: Yeah. the it. I don't want to say the game passes you by, but it's almost like <laughs> so much happens in like the, the month and a half you're gone in the Premier League and in wherever other leagues you might be playing or in a cup or competitions you're playing in that you come back and you've already lost a step. Everyone's in mid-season form and you're starting over again and you kind of get left behind. And that's, like you said, Jack Wilshere, that's something I see way too many times. So
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's good for both teams. I think Leicester is going to come good as well. You saw some shades of, like, really good play. Yeah. I think... I kind of feel bad uh, for Perez, the guy they got from um, Newcastle. Yeah. Because I think he could have very well been used better. But, again, like, I don't know how to use him because you already had James Madison playing in that number 10 role. So yeah. it's it's going to be very interesting to see how they end up using him. But, good point shared, I think. So, moving on to the first Monday game and... I I hate Nona Molyneux, man. I hate that.
1: <laughs> it's a... I mean, you have to start with... I mean, for me, obviously. I'm going to start with The Banger by Ruben Neves. Just, yo. Um, that's a... I want to say that's a fair result for both parties involved, but I feel like you You probably, really think so? I mean, I think it's a very fair result for Wolves. Um, but I think there's a little bit to be said for... How they looked last season, how they've looked early on this season, and the star power they have on that team, and how rocking that crowd was in uh, Molyneux. That you can't, they would have, everyone who, any neutral, would have been like, they're gonna come in and nick a point off United because they're playing in an atmosphere that's good for them. And if I was a rational United fan, which thank God I'm not, I would say, you're going to Molyneux. It's gonna be a tough place to play. That crowd's gonna be amped up. We know that this team has way more talent than what you would expect from this team. If we nick a point, that's okay. I'm not happy, but I'd be okay. You look like you're not okay, so I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> I mean, it's so it's kind of like this. I
0: think on Sunday, I talked to a friend, and we both kind of agreed that you know it's been two losses there earlier this year. Mm-hmm. So if we could go in and grab a point, I would be satisfied. And now it seems very hypocritical to have said that because I watched that first-half performance. I watched the early on in the second half. I mean, I watched the whole game, but, like, first half and then early on in the second half. Huh. We take our chances. That's 3-0. Jesse Lingard, I don't know what you're doing, sir. Like, you, one of my... I love you. You are one of my f- more favorite players of the team right now. But, like, you got to finish that at the top level, man. It's... When you miss those chances and... The, there are so many positives to be taken. Uh, like, yes, we conceded a banger. Like, there's no goalkeeper in the world that's saving that. No. Like, if if the hair in the form that he's coming back to, cannot save that, I don't think there's any goalkeeper.
1: I, I'm telling you, Allison probably wouldn't be able to save that. Like, not I even mean, probably. I, he wouldn't. Like, yeah, like
0: there's no... Because at the end of the day... A the, brick wall can stop that. Like, <laughs> like, it touches the hair's hand, touches the uh, post, and then bangs in. So... Sure, but I also the one very good positive side of Manchester United that I think kind of got overridden with the Pogba penalty and the Pogba miss and whatnot. For the last six years, whenever we concede away from home, that's an intimidating atmosphere Monday night at oh, uh, yeah. Molyneux. Oh, yeah. And conceding a goal like that kind of deflates the team, mm-hmm. and you saw they were kind of deflated, but they regrouped, they came back. And after that, realistically, like, I didn't think they were going to score. Like, in terms of Wolves, I like, United, everyone's going to talk about Pogba's penalty. And that run, with him and Martial, the way they combined, that was impressive. Yeah. And honestly, before the season started, you told me four points from these two games. Will you take it? I would have bitten your hand off.
1: I, <laughs> I, I will let me have my hand. Um, I'll ask you this because it's been... Uh, if you guys have been listening to the podcast, you know I listen to Talk Sport like every day. One of their things was penalty taking. Like, do you think that I, I think it's I think that is kind of what we're right now. Like, I mean, uh, I think it is too. But like, do you is Pogba one of those people who if the foul is on him, he's going to take the penalty, or should it just be designated like, hey, you, it doesn't matter who does it, take the penalty?
0: I mean, so here's the thing, if. If he is the designated, because t- a soultry came out and clarified that like there are two players, both him and Rashford can decide on the day who's going to take it. Yeah. Sure, Pogba wants to take it, and I honestly think if Pogba scores that goal, we wouldn't be talking. We, about there's that. a whole different narrative of how Pogba took the game with the scruff of the neck and you know, <laughs> won us the penalty and got the goal and like oh, all that captain a, material all of a sudden. What nah, yeah. a Yeah. So, I, I traditionally speaking, would I like a proper penalty taker? Yeah. But at the same time, I think people could kind of get carried away because Rashford. As far as I can remember, the only two penalties I've seen him score are against the PSG and the one at Chelsea last week, or against Chelsea last week. England, England, and for England maybe. <laughs> like, but from I, I don't really care about England when I talk about Manchester United because, at the end of the day, what they do for their, like their um uh, national team doesn't normally reflect on how well or bad they are, for their clubs. It's, so, it's
1: how I know the Manchester United players, folks.
0: <laughs> so, for me, it's kind of sad. It was frustrating. But it was also very promising. I think the team is at a higher level than I expected it to be. Because I, I, as much as I predicted a win, I think, last last week with a 2-1 win, mm-hmm. which would have been Red Epago fucking scored. But I just think there was a bit more um, energy in the team. There was a bit more drive for that team. And yeah, we got Crystal Palace at home. Roy Hudson's the fucking manager. Let's put one like show again
1: and we can get some goals. I mean, I think the best thing for you this weekend is that you made some American rich by drawing that game. So, 50K. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that ends the first segment and we'll be back
0: with the second. What's up, guys? Back for the second segment of the podcast. Here we are trying to do something new for all you betting degenerates out there. This just like seg- Yeah. So we're going to try this prediction of the next week in a different style where instead of just predicting and talking about the game, we're also going to have $1,000 each week to gamble with. These are virtual money. So don't be worried. I'm not a citizen. I'm still not betting crazily out here.
1: I also not haven't used any of our money to do this. It's fine.
0: <laughs> so you get... $100 each so every week depending on the number of games when sometimes it's nine games you get 900 when it's 10 games you get a thousand and you can basically go any way you'd like and you place the bets according to who are the favorites and the underdogs are so we're gonna use a certain betting company that we or, or that is more useful in the US called Bovado so if you're out there listening to us Bovado give us a sponsorship we'll throw you some shout outs but here we go. First game of this, first game of not of the season, first game <laughs> of the weekend. We go three p.m. Friday evening, Aston Villa Villa Park, setting the scene against
1: Everton. What do you think? Uh, I'll make this as cut and dry as I can. Uh, I think that I mentioned earlier in the pod how Everton Everton wins, un Uninsp- not uninspiring, but it, they get three points and you kind of go on about your life. This is another one of those circumstances in which you go on, get on with your life. Uh I'll put ten bucks on Everton to win this one. Seems seems simple enough. Uh you hope to see a little bit of quality uh from Aston Villa. Maybe they can turn things around. This is the game where they show out, but I think Everton's got got bigger bigger sights set ahead of them. So ten bucks to uh, the blue Shite, Yeah.
0: Okay. Um I'm actually gonna go the opposite way and say ten bucks on Aston Villa. I think at plus two twenty five that's a decent enough return that I can go ahead and do it. And it's only ten bucks, nothing to lose, even if I lost it. And so here we go. Nothing really to talk about. I think Jack Grillish, they want their first win at home at Villa Park, I'd assume.
1: Yeah.
0: And if they don't, like that's sad. But um I do think they're gonna end up being fine. I still hate John Terry with all my life. Uh, I mean don't don't, don't we all <laughs> i am mean, a Chelsea fan start but hey um second game naming Chelsea we got Norwich versus Chelsea where Norwich huge underdogs at plus 320 and Chelsea huge favorites at
1: minus 120 what do you think so we we have agreed uh in addition to the rules no draws yes so uh, and I definitely hate that rule right now. Cause I definitely want to be like draw a F. However, uh, I'm going to go ahead and call the uh, heavy air quotes here upset. Uh, I got Norwich in to win this one. I'm not going to be hyper confident in it because I got hella virtual money left and I want to place some big bets later on. I'm going to go ahead and say Norwich 20 bucks <laughs> to take this one, uh, I think Nortz have a lot of class up front that we're, like, aside from Pookie that we're, we're going to see flashes of for the rest of the season. And I think this is one of those games where they may show up. Chelsea is going to look great in the first half like they do, fall apart in the second half. And I'm just going to keep saying this until it happens. six for one. Puli, if you hear me, just score one so people will shut up about it and I can listen to someone else other than you on the team.
0: <laughs> okay, I mean, uh, I have a very similar view. I do think it could be a draw, but since we're not taking bets on draws. Um, I'm going to go with a Norwich win as well, because three tw- plus 320, I think that's decent money. And I will go with $50 on Norwich to make sure that they can do something in life. And let's hope that they can, because this would be quite the upset. But again, I do think this could be the coming of Jesus moment for Chelsea and everybody just starts playing well together. Now the ball that both of us place bets against them.
1: Of course. So. <laughs> now that we have put our energy into the world, Chelsea will suddenly become like world beaters and now we'll eat a hat or something.
0: Yeah. So moving on to the next game, we got Brighton and Hove against Southampton. Well, Brighton plus one forty-five, Southampton plus two one five. Not really a. Uh,
1: you know, since since this is a gambling thing and. I'm real bad at gambling, but I like to say that I'm good. I'm going to go ahead and say Brighton, 50 bucks. Uh, This is going to be one of those games that's going to matter way later in the season when these guys are fighting for mid-table, possibly relegation battle. Uh, Not saying that I think either one of them are in trouble yet, because it's two weeks into the season. But I do think that, uh, yeah, I, I... I got I got a funky feeling. I feel I feel Brighton, so I'm gonna put that fifty bucks down and uh, again probably eat my words later on because that's what happens.
0: <laughs> okay, I mean um, I'm gonna go with forty bucks on Brighton just to even it out so that I have a nine hundred dollars remaining for the remainder of my bets. Um, Brighton plus one forty five looks like a decent 9 I'll take it. Uh, nothing really to say. I think Brighton just are a better team than Southampton, and Southampton look like dog shit right now. So. Going on to the next game, big game at Old Trafford. Manchester United playing the mighty Crystal Palace coming in after two losses with the Roy Hudson at home. Manchester United, huge, huge favorites at minus 275. And Crystal Palace, huge, huge underdogs
1: at plus 750. My better angels tells me that if I want guaranteed money, just go ahead and slap 10 down on Manchester United. Pick up a little extra cash, get an extra beer at the pub, virtual pub. Uh, but you know what? My better angels don't mean shit to me right now. I'm gonna put fucking twenty dollars down oh, on, on, on Palace just because I I I I can't do it, man. I can't. I want this virtual money. I want to win. But damn it, I just. I can't, I can't. This is going to be a struggle. This is going to be the whole season of me just being like, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Like, no, there's no way. I'm going to take this 20 on Crystal Palace. Gary Cahill, you motherfucker come through. Like, I need this. I need
0: this. Okay. Um, I'm going to be a little bit more smart compared to Will Webb out here, and I'm going to place a simple, easy $100 bet on Manchester United. I think it's going to be a comfortable win. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer coming back. After those four points, I think the team's going to be kind of devastated after what happened with Ruben Neves and the penalty. But should be an easy, easy game. So, yeah, $100.
1: He's going to win this one. It's fine.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so moving on to the next game, Sheffield United against Leicester City. Sheffield at plus 245, Leicester City at plus 125. Could be
1: a very, very interesting game. Uh, 50 on Leicester. Like, I, I mean, full marks to Sheffield United, like, it'll be exciting, it'll be fun to watch, and it'll be fun to watch the atmosphere uh, at their ground, but I, it's, I think Leicester's got just a... Leicester has bigger fish to fry, and they're going to treat this game as such, they're going to go out, bang into, get it over quickly, and move on to bigger and better things. I'll say better things, but I don't want to say bigger, but... Better,
0: uh, I will go with a similar tr- transaction actually. $50 on Leicester, don't really have a lot to compare that with. I think Leicester are just a better team, but my boy Dino, you got this. If you can keep a clean sheet and get a draw, keep uh, the
1: hats on, keep the hat. Yeah,
0: so that'll be an entertaining game to watch. I think next game is going to be even more entertaining with Watford, at plus 110 against West Ham, plus 255.
1: I will go ahead and take the sixth best manager in the Premier League somehow magically, Manuel Pellegrini, to win this one. Uh and I'll take a I'll take a decent a decent hit on my own cash hole on that one. Uh I'll put fifty down on him. Uh I think if you want a game for West Ham to kind of show that they are contenders to 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 exist as a football club, I guess. Uh, this is the game to do it. This is the game where they actually show that they have a bit of class. Uh, Watford. God bless you, Troy Deeney. Like that's that's all I really got there. So. Yeah, yeah I mean,
0: I I'm also gonna go. I I'm actually gonna go with a hundred dollars on West Ham. I think they're all the I I really don't care as much about the game, but I just think overall. Sorry about that technical difficulty recording a podcast. You know, shit that happens. Um, I am going to go with a $50 bet on West Ham United because I think the returns on that are phenomenal and yeah, nothing really else to say. Not very excited to watch the game, but could be a very good game from two teams that are kind of lagging behind everybody else right now. The next game, next game, obviously
1: Liverpool Arsenal, it's the big one, um, I, I of course, obviously, as you heard earlier, I'm going to go with heart instead of head. Um, I'm going to drop a big old two hundo on the good guys to take this one. Uh, it's going to be a banger of a game. Uh, hopefully, Adrian's had a week to kind of sort out how he wants to play from the back with his team. Uh, he'll make some very big saves. Uh, it'll be a three two. Yeah, two hundo. 200 for the good
0: guys. Okay, I mean, I think my mind in this says that Liverpool's going to win the game. But something about this Arsenal team is fascinating to me. And at plus 500, I think they might be able to pull this miracle off. Because I will put down $100 on the Gooners to do something in their lives. And for once, go get something at Anfield. The... The next game is Bournemouth against Man City. What do you think, Will? Uh,
1: if we're going go, we go to go... As far as... Uh, if we're going to do the bets, I'm going to go ahead and drop another two hundo right here on City. Um, Bournemouth, thanks for coming. Eddie Howe, love you, bro. Uh, nice fit on the sidelines, but... Uh, we talked about the way the City team looks. If you watch this match, go ahead and watch the way that every play is set up because you're going to see... I don't think you're going to see bangers, but you're going to see some very, very good play. If this is you watching the Premier League and trying to get a grasp of it, now's the time to watch what proper teams look like. You're going to want to watch Arsenal versus Liverpool, and you're going to want to watch this to see how City fare. Um, this could be a a a, a, a dick-stomping, if you will. It could be 5-0 uh, City in my estimation. So that's why I'm going to go ahead and take a $200 off of my board and put it on City because, again, I just like guaranteed money sometimes. I hate myself, but it's fine.
0: <laughs> uh, I actually think the opposite on this one. I think Bournemouth... I think City have looked vulnerable. Bournemouth has always given them a tough time at home. So I am going to kind of just go for it and go for $100 on Bournemouth at plus 1200 Because if that hits... Good. If that hits, I'm going to win this forever and ever. And he'll never live it down. Because even if I lose that, I really don't care. <laughs> so the penultimate game of the week... We see Tottenham Hotspurs at home taking on Newcastle. Tottenham huge favorites by a minus 425. Newcastle huge underdogs at
1: plus 1100. I realize I have so much money to play with right now that I'm going to play just as dumb as humanly possible. I'm, I'm very, very neutral in this match despite my feelings uh towards Miguel Amoran and the fact that me and Harry Kane... He's Draco Malfoy in disguise, I promise. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the Spurs. I'm going to go ahead and take 200 on them.
0: 200 on Spurs? Why are you so confident about Tottenham in this game?
1: They, have you seen Newcastle? Like, I, they can't they can't sort themselves out. The one thing I will say, and this is something that I don't think, and I've been thinking about all week, and I kind of want to get it out now. The last goal that Newcastle scored, that was a really good finish. from John Joe Shelby. That was like a decent finish, and we're not going to pay attention to it because Pookie scored all those goals. Eventually, they'll sort themselves out. This ain't that weak, bro. Tottenham puts the the sledgehammer down. Might as well.
0: Okay. Um, I am going to go with Tottenham as well. I'm going to go $250 on Tottenham. They are favorites. You're not going to win a lot of money given their favorites line. But I am in the belief that Tottenham is going to be a title contender this year. As stupid as that sounds. (laughs) So, here we go. Tottenham, baby, win me some money. Last game of the week. Wolverhampton Wanderers playing against Burnley. Wolves favorites, minus 120. Burnley, plus 380.
1: Which way are you swaying? Uh, Should I I christen this? This is going to be my dumbass pick of the week. Um because it's gonna be one that's wildly wrong and it's gonna typically be the last game of the week where I just kinda throw the end of my money at it. I'm gonna throw two hundred on Burnley, man. Sean Dyche, I see you, bruh. I feel you, ginger prince. Uh go ahead and get daddy this money. Uh is it going to happen? Hell no. Nah. But I'm gonna go ahead and make the bet just so again, when when I win this somehow magically, you will uh hate me in perpetuity and uh I don't know, I'll get you to buy me a cake or something.
0: Okay, I mean So Actually I don't think it's as dumb as you think Because that is going to be The exact same bet That I'm going to place as well Because At plus 380 You won my dumbass bet of the week (laughs) (laughs) It is plus 380 I I think There's a huge thing to be said about Wolves having had to play In midweek On Thursday And I think they do Face a very decent opponent This time around So I think My remainder of all my money Whatever is remaining I think it's 200 or 250 At this point is also going to go towards Burnley because I think that's just how I am thinking right now and I think that's the way to go. So, that kind of rounds up our betting schedule for the week. One of the last things I do want to say, and this is very personal to me, what happened with Paul Pogba at Manchester United is absolutely disgraceful, to say the least, from the supporters who decided to racially abuse him for missing a penalty. We all are fans. We all don't like being told that it is just a game. But it is, at the end of the day, just a game. And there is no need whatsoever to hurl racial abuses on a player who is giving it his all. You saw his frustration at the very end. You've all, people have always questioned about Paul Pogba's attitude. Paul Pogba and what he wanted to do. That run he made for the penalty, to win the penalty. Absolutely phenomenal. After that, you saw the frustration and the final whistle where he's covering his face because he knew he fucked up. And you know what? Those fans have
1: no place in this beautiful game and this beautiful sport. As sitting here as an African-American and a Liverpool fan, I'm just going to go ahead and say that's that's dead-ass wrong. Like, it does not matter... It for me it does not matter what team it does not matter what player it does not matter anything. If you racially abuse a player, you have no place watching this sport. You have no place being a fan. It like it, it Pogba, Sterling, uh, Trent, anybody. Just because they look different than you and they do something that you don't like does not mean you can say that sort of stuff to them. That has no place in this game. It's got no place on the planet at this point. Like. The world's already messed up enough. Don't bring your messed up ideology to the thing that we love the most, regardless of what team it is. Don't you, you don't do that. Trust me, I know I don't stand for a player from who's a legend, a legend for us because he racially abused a player on Manchester United. I think the dude's absolute trash. Like, I that has no place in the game. If you happen to be listening to this podcast and you felt like you want to say something, go ahead and just don't like bro get lost he's indian i'm black we're we're not fans of you go ahead. <laughs> yeah to
0: put it in perspective this is a very culturally diverse group that do this podcast and for us racism means a lot yeah. and i think there is no place in racism not just on the sport at this point i think as you said very well no place on planet earth for that so whoever you are if you listen to this please fuck off and don't come back. <laughs> I was gonna say we were trying to be polite about it, but like, yo, yes. seriously, racism, racism, fuck the hell off. <laughs> yeah, racism yeah. does not have a place. But I will say again, don't forget to change your fantasy Premier League teams. I am on top of most of my leagues, so that is the only time this is gonna happen. So I'm gonna brag about it for a little.
1: I, I again, heart instead of head, so I got some making up to do. Y- y'all, y'all, send a y'all send a prayer for your boy Willie because I made some real dumb choices, and it's you're gonna see throughout this podcast. It's gonna be one dumb choice after another. I'm gonna stand by it. <laughs>
0: All right, guys, keep drinking, keep chilling, keep enjoying, and we'll see you next week. Cheers.